church community, um, what, what I'm thinking about, um, and also this is drawing largely from a lot of the values that we hold in the vineyard movements of churches. So you may be aware that we're, we're part of a group of church, uh, an international group of churches um, called the Vineyard Movement, um, and these are some of the values that we talk about when we, when we talk about worship. We don't feel that we're better than anyone else or worse than anyone else. Um, some of our leaders talk about us being a, a turnip and a stew, and um, worship is one of the things that we believe God has given us in the vineyard um, to bring to the body. Um, <coughs> so, first of all, uh, worship, the word, comes from worship. Has anyone ever heard of worship, the word worship? Like, it, it's, it's obviously a contraction. Um, worship just means to ascribe, to give worth to something, to acknowledge that there's worth in something. And so when we come to worship God, we're acknowledging that He has worth. And that's what we're doing when we come to, to worship Him. Um, often we mean, um, when we talk about worship, you probably have become familiar with us if you've been in our church for a while. If not, you will <laughs> hear this said. We talk about worship and we often mean the musical time of worship. So just like we've been singing now, we say um, we've, we've come to worship and people mean the singing. And that, that is true, and, and in the vineyard, that, that would definitely be where a lot of our worship happens. Um, but musical worship is not the only worship. Um, in fact, it's only very recently in church history that, um, that worship has been considered the musical part of the service. It used to be understood to be the whole service, so the talk would actually be the primary worship. You know, communion, there are other elements of um, church life that are also worship. But what I hope is that as we journey together in worship, that it will become so much more than just what happens at church, that actually worship becomes an outpouring of our lives. So worship is what happens when we're with our family, when we're at school or studying or at work, or when we're on the bus or driving in traffic, and the way that we respond to people, that will be our worship as well. And worship is our highest calling. Westminster Shorter Catechism, which is quite a mouthful, states that the chief end of man is to glorify God and enjoy Him forever. And that's a great summary for what we believe and what we're here for, to, to glorify God and to enjoy Him forever. As I said earlier, musical worship is, we feel is quite a big thing that um, we feel the Lord has given to us in the vineyard. A lot of other churches are now doing some great worship albums, and we're in a very um, special position in the vineyard that we've been able to receive back some of the songs that have been written outside of the vineyard church, um, and it's kind of come around in the circle. We've benefited from other churches' um, worship as well. Um, so it's, it's quite a big thing. It's quite a big part of, our, um, of what we do in the vineyard around worship. Why do we sing together? It's a lot easier than dancing. <laughs> I really did both my moves on the way in, and neither of them were that great. <laughs> um, but sing, we sing together because it's something we can do quite easily together. It's also something we do quite naturally together. If you've been to um, any, any sport matches, uh, any football matches, there's a lot of singing that goes on. Even if we can't hold a team very well, it's something we engage in. Am I right? Yeah? You, you found this all singing. So I know sometimes I feel like, oh, yeah. When we're in the right frame of mind, we probably all have a little bit of a sing. And that's why we use music. Um, 
we also, this is part of a series of prayer that we're in at the moment. Um, I, I certainly have found it a lot easier to pray as I'm singing. So sometimes when we're singing, that's where a lot of our praying is happening as well. Certainly in, in our churches, and I've heard other people express a similar sentiment. And I used to feel a little bit bad that I'm not that great at, at, at praying and talking to God in other ways. But when I sit down with my guitar, sometimes the words can just flow, and you might find a similar thing. So feel free to explore that. You know, we, we sometimes have a few spaces within our musical worship where there's a bit of a gap, and that can seem a little bit strange, but don't be scared of that. That's just a space for you to come up with your own words that maybe won't fit in the songs that you've chosen um, to, to sing. You know, the worship can also be a little bit like um, in a lot of more traditional churches that the um, that the words that you read, right, liturgy, um, and that, those are well-crafted words that, that people are, are helping us to express within our hearts, and we aim to do a similar thing through music, and maybe sometimes words as well. So we're not disqualifying any of those things. And you know, I should just say that we're, we're also open to all forms of worship expression. So dance, painting, that's all. There's all valid expressions of worship. It's just a little bit harder to do all together. And I have to explain to the facilities manager while I was paint on the floor if we're coming on a Monday <laughs> after a, a paint worship meeting. Um, but who knows, maybe we'll do something like that at some point. So look out for that. <laughs> um, when, we, when we worship, and I, I hope this has been your experience, and, and if you don't, haven't talked what's been going on as we've been singing together so far, it'll be something that you begin to see more of and hopefully experience for yourself. Um, we go on a journey together. It's not... Um, sorry, I'm going to keep on saying um, we want to, We're starting in a certain place, so we've all come from somewhere in somewhere today. The, the weather's been great. You might have been out in the park having a great time, and we made it here. Well done. <laughs> um, but we can, we, we're in a frame of mind, right? We've just been on during the day, and then we come together here. So we kind of need to get from the place that we're in to the place that we're trying to get to. And the place that we're often trying to get to here is an intimate place with God. We're trying to get close to the Lord, to hear from Him, um, to hear from Him words for our own lives, and to hear for, for words for us as a community as well. Um, and just to hang out with Him. You know, it's, it's not... We don't come to worship for what we can get. Although, you know, like, like any good fathers, when we come to the Lord, He wants to give us gifts. He wants to give us His love. He wants to put His arms around us. He wants to encourage us. Um, so we'll find those kind of things naturally occurring in worship. But essentially, we just want to spend time with God. We want to be close to our Creator. John Wimber, you see up on the screen there, um, he, he helped us understand a little bit about this journey, he called it the five phases of the heart, and that was the kind of phases that we move through as we begin to worship together. There's the call to worship, so that's like, okay, we're all here guys, let's go and worship together, so I'd probably be choosing some sort of songs that come now as a time to worship, or like we did tonight, this is amazing grace, something that reminds us of who God is. What we're trying to do here together, what we're about, and get our heads in that sort of place. Um, 
bring in people to engagement. Uh, that's when we draw a little bit closer. We might begin um, talking a little bit more about who God is, his attributes, that kind of thing, uh, recognizing that he's God, um, expressing God's love. I'll just jump to the slides. That's, that's going to switch in a little bit. Um, expressing God's love in visitation, and that's where a lot of the connection with the Lord happens. And you might find some really deep things happening. I know for me, a lot of um, the most profound things that have happened in my life have been in times of worship. And I remember um, when I had a lot more time on my hands and uh, when I was at school, I used to lock the door to my room and I put on some Petra Praise. As you remember the Petra word. Um, but I put on some worship music and I just think, oh, I was just worshiping. And I, I just know a lot of change happened in my life at that time. And still, some very profound things occur in the time of worship. And that's why I love being involved in worship and creating an environment for us to engage. Because I believe that it's in that space, as we draw close to God, it's not anything I'm doing or any of the band are doing or any of us are doing here, but it's us together meeting with our Creator that allows Him to um, draw near to us and to transform us and change us. Um, so I think that's a really powerful thing. Um, the last phase there is generosity, the giving of substance. So often um, within our times of worship, I give it to my take up an offering. Now, uh, we need money to run a building like this and a building project, and many of us have been very generous and, um, in, in being able to develop things like that and keep various ministries running. But really, giving is, is something that um, is a personal discipleship thing. So my hope is that you're not giving just because you think we need help or we need to fix a building or something. Those are good things to give to, but really it's a very healthy discipline. All we're doing when we give is recognizing that everything that we have is already God's. And we're just saying, here's, here's a little bit of my money, of your money, to remind me that it's actually yours. So it's, it's, it's more a personal thing. But it's so much more than just the giving of money or physical substance. It's also the giving of time um, and the sharing of your life and perhaps sharing of your faith when you're out from church. So increasingly we're becoming more aware within our community here that um, this is a great gathering point for us on Sundays, but the real work of the kingdom, the real joy of the Christian life spend time with God is actually being out on the streets, in the workplaces, um, with your neighbors, um, and being able to share your faith and acts of compassion, be able to pray for healing for people. Um, and so that's quite an exciting thing on generosity. It's not just about money, it's about time in our lives. Um, we have some what we call values in worship, so the things that we to kind of see it's like blood flowing through our worship. Um, we can talk about values and worship in a minute. Um, <clears throat> the first one is intimacy. We always aim to have meaningful, close interaction with God in our times of worship. Now, that doesn't mean a really quiet, soft song. Um, that there's an intimacy and praise and expression that we can explore as well. And hopefully, we can do that all together. I know I've been um, I've lived in South Africa, which is why I talk with a funny accent. Um, and 
in some of the settings that are played worship in there, which is it is slightly foreign to me, but in an African context, they often would start very quietly and softly, and then it would be really fast and loud as they got more intimate. And so intimacy is not fast or slow or soft or quiet. Um, it could be anywhere. Um, but intimacy, being close with God, that's what we're really looking to do um, when we come together to worship. Integrity, we want to be real in our worship. We don't want to um, be false, you know, pretend everything's fine. Um, we, we, we don't want to be different people when we're out of church and when we come to worship. Um, we want to be the same people and there's integrity that comes with that. Um, there's also things you want to integrity that leads into the next one, which is accessibility. Um, you know, we're, we're just aware that we all come from a variety of different backgrounds, and we might be in all different places. And so in, in any context, uh, you know, we've got events like Father's Day and Mother's Day that come around. And you know, on the surface, that might seem like that's just a great celebratory day. But at any one time, there would be people who have perhaps lost struggling on a day like that. And so there's this tension that we need in, and we, we want to have integrity when we lead, even in joyous occasions, just to acknowledge that not everybody finds themselves in the same place where we are, so we're sensitive to each other, and there's a bit of integrity in that. Accessibility is just that we want to create an environment that is accessible. So um, my aim for when we um, develop our worship teams and worship leaders, my encouragement is always that try and eliminate barriers to make it as easy as possible to worship. Um, now, I'm not saying we always get that right, and you can feel free to feed that back to me if you like, um, but sometimes not having the words up, that can be a barrier, because if I don't know any words to the song, that would make it harder. I have to think, well, oh, oh, what's going on? And I'm disengaged from worship. And we're trying to create a smooth flow of worship, the type of music that we play, and we've thought about that. We're trying to craft an experience that is not just so that we sound great, that actually it makes it easier for us all to be able to engage in worship. Um, we want to take barriers out of the way. And that means different things in different contexts. So for us here, there'd be certain things that we would do to create that. It wouldn't work necessarily in another church setting or, or outside these walls. So um, we want to be accessible in that. Our songs would also like them to be um, simple, but sometimes simplicity means different things. And so I hope you're become aware of that tension that we sometimes face. We've got very complicated melody lines in a lot of our songs, a lot of complicated run-on lines. And that, for many people, is very accessible these days, because the kind of songs they're listening to on the radio are these complicated melody lines, complicated lyrics, and they're able to engage with that. Um, but for many of us, simple lyrics are still useful, and so we walk the tension of trying to do both of those types of songs as well. Recently, um, within the Bennett, particularly in the US and the UK, we've been talking more about this kingdom expectation. And I hope you've been in some of our services. If you haven't, we'd love to have you back um, at some of our services. Uh, just where we, we, we're expecting, we come with an expectation that the kingdom is going to break in. And what that really means is that we're, we're, we're looking to a future where everything is fine, where everything is as God intended to be. And when Jesus came to the earth, died on the cross, and rose again, he 
brought a bit of a future into the now. And so we are looking for that now to see that happen. Um, and we have seen a lot of that in terms of healing, emotional healing, physical healing even. Um, so we, we try to be aware of that happening um, whenever we come together to worship as well. Um, we know that our Father desires good things for His children. So when we come to our Father, we, He often wants to give us gifts, sometimes draw near. And if that's a bit hard to engage with, we could come to our Mother, because in God, He's the representation. When we were created male and female, we were made in His image. So what do you need to rest your life on? I won't <laughs> try and explain all that. But I understand that it could be quite hard if So we still need to find that space of silence. And my 
might sound like I'm talking about something different now, but for me it's all part of the same thing. Worship is all part of the same thing. Um, and so in the hopes of uh, tapping into that silence just a little bit, I thought, why not just tap into a bit of silence tonight? We've, we're here together. I'm hoping you don't have to be anywhere else right now. Um, this is coming out of some of the emotionally healthy spirituality material I've been um, working with over the past year or so. Um, it's called the Daily Office, which is not a necessarily very helpful term to understand what it is, but literally it's just a time, a short chunk of time. It can be anywhere from two minutes to half an hour to three hours if you really want to, um, but it's intended to be just a quick space, just a touching point to connect with God. Um, so let's try it now. I'll leave us through this. It will take two minutes. It will literally be quiet. And um, don't worry if you hear sounds or creaking or traffic or anything like that. Um, just try and focus. You're not going to concentrate on your breathing. And you could, you could use like breathing prayers, like I'm breathing in your grace and breathing out your praise. Or you could use a passage of scripture. Um, the Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Whatever you find helpful to do. Take about two minutes to do that. And then we'll just stay in that place and I'll just read a little passage, um, which is part of our series. And this is the passage for our adoration topic tonight and from Mark 14. And then we'll just have another patch of silence and then we'll just have some time to worship as we get some Is that okay? Um, it can be very hard to be silent for two minutes. Don't worry, just do it as best you can. Just relax, just enjoy the peace because you probably can't have very much of it in one of these days. So, um, so I'll time is two minutes, and I'll just read the, the, the passage from Mark after that.
14, verse 13. While he was in Bethany, reclining at the table in the home of Simon the leper, a woman came with an alabaster jar of very expensive perfume, made of pure nard. She broke the jar and poured the perfume on his head. Some of those present were saying indignantly to one another, why this waste of perfume? It could have been sold for more than a year's wages and the money given to the poor. Or they rebuked him harshly. Leave her alone, said Jesus. Why are you bothering her? She has done a beautiful thing to me. The poor you will always have with you. You can help me any time you want, but you will not always have me. She did what she could. She poured perfume on my body beforehand to prepare for my burial. Truly, I tell you, wherever the gospel is preached throughout the world, what she has done will also be told in her own home. Then Judas Iscariot, one of the twelve, went to the chief priest to betray Jesus to him. But he wanted to hear this and promised to give him money. So he watched for an opportunity to hand him over. Let's just take a moment or two just to reflect on that passage. a try when you're at work, on your lunch break, your tea break. Um, you don't need to do the whole thing. You don't need to read, read the Bible passage if you don't have time or don't have access to do that. We can just have two minutes of silence. Just connect with yourself and with the Lord and just see what happens. Um, uh, something I know that talk people to the material and encourage us to do this for 30 days and just see what happens in your life. And you'll be, be amazed at the change. Shall we just take another time to worship? Um, we've got a few minutes yet. Um, and we'll just end the prayer evening that way. Would you like to stand?